this woman in was at a New York chopped and she filed a lawsuit because she was eating her salad and she bit into a part of a severed human finger. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing prioritizing pro dangerous drug and product cases. Welcome back. Another episode, another week, another episode, <laughs> prioritizing profits, dangerous drug, and product cases. Um, it's been seven days since our last- <laughs> A week, uh, seven days. <laughs> full, full week. We're back at it. Uh, how was your weekend? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Good. Actually, really good. I mean, it's it's been a little hectic between the traveling and Palm Springs and then coming back, and then we were up uh, in Gilbert for Thanksgiving, so we got yes. to- um, spend time with the lovely Christina's family. So that was really nice. Um, you know, and then back here and down in Sonoida, and we had some people over for dinner on Saturday. I don't know why I was like cramming everything in. Um, so this is going to, well, actually, it won't be a terribly quiet weekend, come to think of it. But <laughs> well, it's holiday season. That's what yeah, happens. You know, everything, everyone's moving, everyone's hanging out with friends and family. And then at the end of this month, when the new year hits, then you go back into your hole for. 11 months. <laughs> Try to make up for all the damage you've done during the holiday season. Exactly. Yeah, recuperate. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, all in all, it's, I think it's been, you know, it's, it's been good. Good. This is going to be, you know, a little bit of a quieter weekend. We've got a, a little event here at the house on Friday evening, but then Saturday, then we're just going to have a quiet weekend in Sonoida. So, nice. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How about you guys? Um, well, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving for all of our viewers and listeners. Hope you all enjoyed uh, the holiday with family and friends. Um, like you said, we, we went down to Gilbert. We had Thanksgiving with Christina's family, which was very nice, very good time. Uh, they had a lot of fun. It seemed like you had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely brought me back to like the Mexican side of my family in those days. <laughs> Uh, you know, like a, a small house, but everyone just finds a way to fit in there. There's a ton of food, too much food for the amount of people. Um, and it's just, you know, all family hanging out, crammed into a house. And, and, you and a yard. It, and, and a yeah, yard. It's going to spread out. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, it, the for anyone that doesn't know, Christina is um, – Vietnamese so her her culture and you know very family-based like like many Asian cultures and I mean it, family events are massive everyone yeah you know, there's yeah. people you know I'm like oh how do you know them I don't know I see them every year I see them every year at Christmas and Thanksgiving no clue the, my connection to them or their name but you know they're, somehow they're related exactly yeah. Yeah, really cool. uh, but it was fantastic. I feel like this was like the first weekend I was really back and I was able to chill and relax. Um, and it was it was a good time. Went to had hot pot, mostly hung out at the house, made dinner Saturday and Sunday. Usually we only do one day. Wow. Weekend. Uh, but thought, you know, why not get a little crazy and cook two meals? <laughs> How much of the cooking did you do, though? That's my question. Uh, well. I have a very important part supervisory in all of this. or entertainment uh, yeah, yeah. or I would say more cheerleader. You know, if you don't know what you're cooking, you can't cook anything. So I'm on the suggestion side, right? I really get the ball rolling there. When everyone's paralyzed with indecisiveness, I'm out here <laughs> saying, you know what? Let's have this for dinner. And then once that, that'll kind of be the end of my... Then you my, stand back. Yeah, yeah. Then <laughs> I just let my work unfold after that. <laughs> I think I like that idea. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's a good one. It's taken years to master in practice, but here I am. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, uh... 
chill weekend it seems like upcoming probably another chill weekend um let's let's hop into topics cases uh as we as we always do up yeah. to updates on cases well actually and before we go to updates on cases lately we haven't been we we've, we've we talk so much about things and it kind of goes on and on a little bit um but of course totally entertaining i think that's what we're supposed to do on a podcast yeah important stuff talk but on. but we haven't gotten to cases in the news and so there was a case in the news that that actually i saw today um, and it really hit home for me because last night was a little bit of a hectic evening, but but um, we had to Peter's uh, ranch truck. Um, it's this, oh, what is it, 2001 Ford F-250. Yeah, it's an old uh, guy. It's an old guy. I mean, over 300,000 miles on this thing. Jesus Christ. I know, and he'll never get rid of it. It has to be illegal. Practically. Well, just not well I mean, it's illegal to put me in it. safe. I, yeah, no, I mean, when I met him, that was like his only mode of transportation. He was like, it's fine. Why would I get another vehicle? Anyway, it now has been relegated to the ranch truck. Um, and unfortunately, we had some, uh, uh, oh, what are they called? Um, pack rat. Mm. And we've had pack rat issues before, but he was trying to drive it to go get feed. And we do need it for, you know, picking up feed and taking stuff to the dump, that kind of thing. Um, anyway, they, apparently they chewed through the power um, power steering fluid or something. It, it was not drivable. So got that towed up here. We were finally going to get it picked up last night. Um, and usually Tuesday night is our Tucson date night. We go out to dinner. Um, but we want to also wanted to decorate, decorate for Christmas and the holidays. And so we decided we were going to stop and grab like a quick salad at, um, our, well, our version of this place is called choice greens. Oh, I love choice. Right. I love choice. You can make just any salad you could possibly imagine. And the yeah. serving sizes are massive. Oh God, it was ridiculous. I hadn't been there in, in a number of years, but on the way to across town to, to pick up the truck, I, we saw it and I was like, oh, that's where we, I want to go when we come back. I haven't been there. I just love it. And so we dropped off the truck and, and as we're going, Peter's like, oh, on the way to the truck, he's, he looks and he's like, oh my God, the traffic's horrible. I, we, we can't go there. We're going to have to go someplace else coming back a different route. And so then I moaned and groaned and I don't like this place and I don't like that place. And he's like, well, where do you really want to go? I said, I want to go to the damn salad place. So we... <laughs> So we decided to just brave the traffic. And this yeah. is after, now we pick up the truck, we're in different vehicles, zero traffic coming back. I mean, and so I was very happy, get there, no line. And it's one of these places where you, you, you know, you fill it out. I mean, you can, there's like, I don't know, a hundred options yeah. of all the different kinds of lettuce, different kinds of dressings and everything you could imagine putting in a salad. And then, um, you know, adding the protein, chicken. Yeah, and all. more. I mean, stuff that you wouldn't even imagine. They got it. Oh, it's kind of ridiculous. And although I did notice, I hadn't been there in a long time, and I just get a little crazy. I'm like, that's good, that's good. Instead of coming up with like any theme, like things that actually go well together. Yeah, you always need to have a theme for every salad. Well, know. yeah. I mean, because they have like, you know, Chinese chicken salad dressing, and then they have like the Chinese uh, crunchy yeah. things. And, and I was like, I could have put something together there, but instead I just picked like... You mixed of, all the cultures. I, it was a mishmash. It was delicious, um, and it was humongous, as you said, probably because I had some of everything. Anyway, love the place. And then, strangely enough, this morning, I'm kind of going through uh, lawsuit cases, and there's a lawsuit. Uh, and this this is one in New York, but it's called Chopped, C-H-O-P-T. Hmm. Exactly the same thing. In fact, the ones here used to be called Chopped. They sound, yeah, that sounds... With the right other more. spelling, but then there was some sort of trademark or some lawsuit that happened and they had to change it to choice grades. Anyway, same thing. So this woman in was at a New York Chopped 
And she filed a lawsuit because she was eating her salad and she bit into a part of a severed human finger. Oh, my God. I mean, isn't this like... That's just, uh, just uh, it sounds like out of a shitty Halloween movie, like a exactly. really corny Halloween movie. Or, or even, you know what I'm thinking of too, is like the um, Halloween, the night before Halloween or whatever with oh, Jack Skellington. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. imagining all these monsters going to a salad bar and then human fingers human being one of the <laughs> one of the things you can throw in your salad. And they're like, oh, whoopsie, that wasn't meant for you. That was this other guy's salad. <laughs> he asked for fingers. You asked yeah. for toes. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so, but of course, like literally last night we were there and there wasn't any line. And so the way that they have this set up are, you know, that the choppers are back there and they're just, they were just chopping go to go. crazy, yeah. And, you know, there's this plexiglass thing. So you, you can watch what they're doing. And and so everything is chopped. Like the lettuce is chopped into little tiny yeah. pieces. It's like bite size. It's really nice. You have, barely have to chew. So they have these big bowls and they just toss in all the things that you want. And yeah. then it's just chop, 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 chop. Hence the name. Um, and, it, and it, you know, I, you could see somebody gets a little crazy. They chop a piece of their finger off. Yeah. But what is the crazy thing about when I started reading this is that... It was a, a manager chopped her finger off while she was making a salad, and then they rushed her to the hospital. And just left the finger behind. Right. And, but this is so weird. I mean, isn't that like one of the things you're taught as a child that like if somebody loses a finger, you pick it up, yeah. put it on ice and take yeah. it with you? Yeah. No, I remember being taught that. That's <laughs> like one of the first lessons I learned in PE, physical health. If anyone loses a body part, grab the body part. Well, you don't just yeah. you don't just leave it in a salad to be served. I mean, it's like she gets rushed out, and then the other choppers just complete the salad. Well, also, it's not like I'm assuming it wasn't a super clean cut. You know, there had to have been a lot of blood, and oh, I know you're thinking. I you mean, know, it, it had to have been a relatively messy scene, and you know, they they rush her off. They're like, okay, we got to get you to the ambulance. Uh -huh. Rush her off. Everyone else is there. Well, like, okay, well, let's get back to work. And they just, <laughs> like, n n not a second thought about the blood and gore and fingers and, and mucus everywhere. <laughs> you know? I don't know if there was mucus, but. Uh, in my imagination. <laughs> there usually is. I was ad-libbing. Yeah. But anyway, so it's like, what a crazy thing. And then this woman's eating the salad and she says that she is just enjoying her salad. And then she realized she was chewing on a portion of a human finger. Hmm. Do you think she realized after she spit it out or she was like, mm, you know, chewing on it and then she's like, oh my God, this is a finger in my mouth? I don't know. I mean, you know, once the, when it's all mixed up like that, because I had like chicken in mine last yeah. night and, and it, the chicken's chopped up into little pieces. It could have been a finger for but, all I you mean, know. Could it, it could have been a finger. I mean, if there's a bone, well, it could have been a fingernail. Nail, <laughs> bone, yeah. Anyway. Um, Good calcium. Ah, um, but it's, you know, and, and, and I've had cases not like this exactly, but cases where people like find really nasty stuff in their food after they've eaten it. Um, we had one case actually, oh, what was, wait, did you, were you the one that told me about the rat in the monster can? There, there was a monster, like a, a drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. That wasn't like a case that I had, but it was probably one that, yeah. yeah. And there was a guy that, you know, went to Circle K, he was going to work, and he got his monster, as everyone does in the morning, to get ready for the day. He takes a sip of it, and he says, oh, it tastes a little bit off, drinks the whole thing. And then, you know, when, when you put it above clunk, your head, clunk. yeah, here's a little clunk, clunk at the bottom. Turns out it was a dead rat just marinating in his monster. Uh, for who knows how long, and then you just finish it off. You'd think you'd notice that. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are many of these situations that even we're at the restaurant, and then you find like a cockroach or you find, yeah. you know, something. And, and, and the thing is that more often than not, people get really 
you know, mentally and you know, I mean, they get physically ill, maybe they throw up because they're so freaked out, but they don't necessarily get really sick. I mean, the rat thing maybe is different. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is one of those situations where, you know, she doesn't have medical record. Well, I don't know if she has medical bills per se, but um, this and this is just the lawsuit was filed and it's public record. So yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's pretty clear that they're liable for finger, serving up yeah. a salad. Um, their protocols were not followed. Let's yeah, there say. was I mean, no warning. Some, they, I mean, things get chopped off at chopped. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, 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 there's a specific intention of things getting chopped at chopped. <laughs> exactly. And when the wrong things get chopped at chopped. I'm surprised they don't have a waiver saying whatever gets chopped here, we're not responsible for. <laughs> Chopping does take place. Beware. Beware. Look at, look at everything before you put it in your mouth. But yeah. you know, it's all like mixed up with the dressing and all this. Anyway, so her in her lawsuit, she was her damages she was alleged is alleging are shock, panic attacks, migraine, um, cognitive Jesus impairment. I'm not sure about that. Traumatic stress and anxiety. I mean, that's how, that's that seems like shock, trauma. Like she'll never recover from this. I mean, I'm assuming she was just really fucking grossed out and spit it out. It's like, oh, oh okay. yeah, you know. But I, he's, she's not going to be having night terrors. Every well, night I mean, you night. never, you never know. I mean, different people react differently about consuming human remains, ah. <laughs> human body parts. If she's not, you know, cannibals might find this no big deal. They might have yeah. been like bonus. I would have paid extra. Some parts of the world, it's a, it's a cuisine, <laughs> it's a delicacy, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I mean, some people would would react. I mean, I have, you know, had these cases where people go, "Well, I'll never be able to eat soup again," or every time I eat this particular type of food, I freak out, or I, you know, that. I mean, so maybe she could never eat a salad again. Or maybe um, she can't like, look at any fingers. Otherwise, <laughs> she gets hungry. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, kind of a crazy situation. Um, but it was just so weird and timely because I hadn't been to this place in ages, had such a great meal there. And, and then the next morning, I'm like, wow, I just dodged a bullet or, or a finger or something. Yeah. I mean, great coincidence there. You know, <laughs> it seems like you were lucky enough to uh, avoid having a finger. But I see, I feel like this is one of those types of cases that's like slip and fall where, you know, it almost gives lawyers a bad rep because people, you know, in the movies, you see them like sneaking a cockroach in their own sandwich mm -hmm. and like the last bite of it to get a free meal or, you know, now how, how often is it is that it leads to a lawsuit and it's worth a lawsuit where, you know, they're, they're actually getting damages and, and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I mean, so kind of two different different issues there. The first is where people try to take advantage of things for some benefit where they eat the entire meal and, like you said, sneak something in. And obviously this isn't the case. Um, I mean, it was a finger and we even know whose finger it was because she was in the hospital. <laughs> that would be a real <laughs> twist to the story. They have no idea where, where or who <laughs> the finger came from. And still, to this day, no clue. Well, then they could blame the, the, the patron and say, you just brought that piece of finger True. in and tossed it in to get a, what a, a, an $8 salad. I mean, that would be an impressive plan. That would <laughs> impressive. <laughs> impressive. So, so yeah, I mean, I think there are, in, in any of these cases, that people can try to scam. Um, and again, people don't try to blame the lawyers for this, but lawyers don't want a shitty, scammy case. I mean, they're going to lose money. They're, they're not going to make any money. They're going to waste their time and energy and all of that. Um, so, you know, people, you know, we try to be very careful about those types yeah. of uh, types of situations and, and investigate and make sure that there's nothing, you know, no shenanigans going on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the damage issue, you know that it, it is you know, each person reacts differently to a circumstance. And if you know if this person is really fragile mentally or truly can't ever eat a salad again, you know that's their claim. Now, again, this may go in front of a jury, and I can see your face. <laughs> well, it's just I like the terminal. If they're really just mentally fragile, well, they're a puss. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> they might have some serious damages here. Well, then some people are much tougher than others, but I don't know how I would feel if 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 I would be uncomfortable going to restaurants. If yeah. I, I mean, you know, I don't know how I would react, honestly. Um, you know, a fly or something like that, I'm going to get over it. Yeah. Um, a finger, I don't know. Yeah, I think fingers, it throws you off a little bit. It throws <laughs> you off. And I also think like, to the extent, because if, if I took a bite and I start, and I like, chewed it and I was like oh that's kind of weird but I just kept on going through it and then it wasn't until like I got like chunks of bone in my teeth (laughs) that I was like wait a second and realized it was a finger then that would be a little bit more traumatic but if I was just like flipping through it you know I feel like everyone's been in this situation where they you know they're going through their food they're like halfway through and they see a hair and and you look at it and you just you think to yourself I hope to god that's my hair yeah, yeah. And then you finish your meal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do. Maybe people who are a little more fragile don't finish their meal. But but yeah, I mean, I th- and, and she actually says that she was chewing on it. And so, I, I, I you know, again, it's very fact specific and the yeah. damages are very specific. And so if somebody had just seen it in there, it would still be really shocking and upsetting. But having it in your mouth. Yeah. And then there's always, you know, people can argue, well, have I been exposed to HIV, hepatitis, yeah. you know, something like that. Because I mean, technically, that's like a biohazard. It's a body part. There's presumably yeah. blood somewhere. I'm assuming it's against uh, FDA regulation and whatever. <laughs> it's against all sorts of food safety yeah, protocols and regulations, for sure. So, you know, so again, this one was a little bit worse in the sense that she had it in her mouth and chewing it. And sucked on it, took it home. <laughs> Came back the next day, guys. I thought this was just a really new addition to your salads. <laughs> I didn't realize until I got home. There should be some memes where now the options, yeah. you know, the check boxes have for body parts and all. Well, and, and what's really unfortunate is so close to Halloween, she probably had to take a second guess and was like, wait, is this just a Halloween prank? Halloween would be Halloween a nasty prank if you put like a, fake, put like a fake finger in it. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it used to make the feet of meat. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know, meat in the shape of a foot. Um, it was basically meatloaf. It's basically scary meatloaf. You well, know? Yeah, yeah, you do that, but you you make a fake finger with it. Yeah. But see, that's why, I mean, you had feet of meat growing up, yeah. so you are accustomed to eating body parts. Yeah, I mean, that's like as bad as it gets, right? A foot in your meal? Uh, uh, and there were toenails made out of nuts, uh, made out of almonds. Yeah. So for you, I think you're desensitized. You would probably be fine in this Shit. scenario. Toenails, please, throw it in my Bring salad. Bring on. Yeah. Hair, now hair is an issue, but toenails yeah, hair is more good with. sick. Yeah. Uh, that is crazy. That's an, it, it's, it's insane. And so it seems like, uh, obviously there are bad actors out there that will try to make a case out of anything, but most of the time the lawyers are going to do their due diligence and make sure they're not wasting the time or money to pursue it. Um, but it, it also seems like, you know, with cases specifically like this, where, you know, it's a finger or a hair or a cockroach or a rat, you yeah. know, something along those lines, it is, it's a very case by case situation if it's actually going to be successful in any way. Well, yeah. And I mean, the reality too, is that, that even like the, the her damages, I mean, you were a little bit of eye rolling over there. I yeah. just kind of, a little bit of skeptical, um, it, it, 
for an attorney, I mean, you know, you, you need to have sufficient damages that you're going to have to pay money to file the lawsuit. You're going to have to do the depositions. You invest a fair amount of money in a case. And so the damages or what the person's going to recover and your one third has to be more than that, or it doesn't make any sense for you to take the case. Yeah. And so these cases, you know, again, if it's some minor thing like a hair or something like that, or even you just see it and you don't put it in your mouth, most people aren't going to take that case because even on a good day, what is a jury going to award somebody on something like this? If you don't, I mean, I don't know if she went to the hospital or not. I doubt it. Yeah. Um, you know, so what is it? What do you, what, how much do you get for pain and suffering or emotional distress in this situation? Um, and, and, and again, it, it depends on the jury and the person and how believable they are and how, you know, sincere they are about the effects it's had on them. But what if the case is only where the jury is $5,000, $10,000, you know, it's, it doesn't make sense for an attorney yeah. to put all their time and, and, and energy into a case where they're going to maybe make $5,000 two years later. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there are cases like this, though, where I'm going to get front page news, you get a lot of attraction. Well, there's that. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty extreme. So yeah. I, I get why they filed on this one. Um, but, but yeah, most of the cases, they're, they're just not that great. I mean, we've had, oh, this was in my food and I didn't eat it, but I saw it and it upset me. And, you know, more often, sometimes, you know, you'll go ahead and, and, um, you know, do a demand letter. A lot of times in these situations when, you know, if you can confirm that, that, that this was in there, well, you know, whatever it is, the company will do the right thing and compensate the person yeah. reasonably if they did have, you know. Yeah. A couple of medical bills or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just thinking now, too. I wonder how the worker that lost her finger feels. If someone was just not chomping, chomping <laughs> down on her finger. Uh, well, that, now, that's going to be a worker's comp case. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, you kind of signed up for it. Oh, worker. Working at Chopped. Okay, you're but that's get a little just, chopped, buddy. That's what work to, workers' comp is about. It doesn't matter who's at fault. If you're if you cause your own injury, yeah, you still can collect workers' comp. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole different process. So it, it is. So so it, it's a different process altogether, but it's still counts for everything. Well, yeah, and, and we should actually probably talk about that at some point, like what the difference is between workers' comp and, and a PI case. Yeah. But the workers' comp system, and so all employers pay into that. It's basically insurance. Mm -hmm. And if a worker's hurt when they're on the job, they get compensated. And it doesn't matter if, if it was their fault, if it was a coworker's mm -hmm. fault, if it was some third party outside of the, the, the uh, employment, the place of employment, like, like they were in a car accident, yeah. um, there are, you, you could also have a PI case. Mm -hmm. um, but, 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 but the workers' comp then would actually get paid back from that PI case for whatever, for whatever they paid yeah. for the injuries. But yeah, so the, the, the workers' comp is just automatic. If you get hurt on the job, you're going to get compensated. So she will get compensated. But it's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's very minimal compared to what juries sometimes reward. In fact, there's like a chart for like missing body parts, and I don't oh. know what a finger's worth. But there's like, a, there'll be a set amount. Yeah. Um, I don't remember getting workman's comp for uh, being hit by a fleeing um, criminal. Well, you actually were not on the job at that point. You were driving oh. to and from work. And this is not the place you'd want to argue that. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's I was right. just saying, um, yeah, but <laughs> especially since you have a... Uh, Uninsured motorist. Claim. Yeah. Well. Okay. But, so, but to and from work actually does not is not considered uh -huh. um, workers is not covered under the workers' comp. And so PI what really differ, differentiates PI from workmen's comp cases is having a third party involved. 
um, because if it's just you and in, in, in your workspace or your employer um, and you, you injure yourself or you get injured, it, it kind of makes sense to want to keep that more internal and keep that just like within the business um, and get obviously compensated for that. Yeah, and but, but it's actually, it's not the business that's paying. So as a business, you have to have workers' comp insurance. And yeah. so I, you know, for the law firm, I've always paid our premiums. And so the employee can't sue the employer. Mm-hmm. The, they simply make the claim under the workers' comp insurance. Now, if you didn't have workers' comp, then they could sue you. Oh, okay. 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 Um, but that is the exclusive remedy. If there is workers' comp, somebody could. I mean, there's some complications to this. Technically, you could opt out of workers' comp, you know, up front. Mm-hmm. Um, but that might be kind of stupid, too, because then suppose you do something stupid, um, you're not going to get covered. Most people are not going to do that. They're going to get paid under the insurance system. Yeah. Then you can't sue the employer. Um, it's just basically like an insurance claim. And so would it be fraud? Because I, I always try to think of like, you know, how can someone manipulate this or right, like cut corners here? Uh, would it be fraud if someone clearly were is was intentionally injuring themselves on, in the workplace to receive workman's comp? Well, yeah, if they intentionally. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, and, and I feel like that's probably what gets decided is whether or not it was intentionally or not. And I mean, if there's bystanders and, and onlookers or, you know, camera or anything like that, because I would imagine, you know, with, uh, the, the, this idea that everyone's, uh, you can sue anyone for anything and there's all these slip and fall fake cases and the McDonald's cases, you know, this whole, this whole idea behind yeah. it, workman's comp is one of those areas that's easily manipulated if. Well, and in certain types of injuries, so for, so for example, if you're, you know, in, in, a, in a physical job and you're like, oh, ow, my back hurts. I mean, you know. Well, that I mean, that's a great question is if you're working construction, you hurt your back, you slip a disc or something. Is that workman's comp or is that just, you know, you're working in construction? No, it is. Well, it's workers' comp. If it happens while you're working, it's okay. workers' comp. Now, what happens is sometimes they will, the, you know, the workers' comp system like an insurance company would, will hire a doctor. They'll require you to go see a particular doctor. Yeah. You have to treat with workers' comp doctors. And so there are times where the doctor says this isn't related or he's better. Um, even though he says he's not. And so you have to, there's, so there are attorneys who their entire practice is workers' comp cases hmm. for those types of situations where the person says, no, I really am injured and they're disputing and they're denying and they're saying that I should be better now and I should be back on the job. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you were going to scam a system, workers' comp would not be the ideal one because the amount you get paid is is minimal compared to, you know, again, what we said, what, what a jury might award. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and like your, your loss of earnings, it's like two thirds. So basically, you know, less tax or whatever. I mean, you're not getting, there's no punitive damages. There's no huge awards. Yeah. Um, anything, you know, you're scraping days. by. Well, it's, you know, some pretty crappy vacation days. I mean, it's basically, you know, less than what you would be earning if you were at work. Yeah. I mean, again, people will scam over anything and everything. So yes, I'm sure people try to do that. And again, the system is set up to try to, to catch that. Yeah. So yeah, well, we got we got really got uh, into a lot of things from this chopped finger situation. Yeah, really. yeah. Who knew? I mean, that was a pretty um, in depth story or a topic, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think we could go on workman's comp for a little bit, but I don't want to get too far off off topic. Do you want to continue with updates on cases or, or cases in the news? 
Well, so update, yeah, let's let's talk about some updates on cases. And this is one um, we talked about a little ways back. I don't remember if you recall the Pam cooking sprays. The the cans were exploding and catching yes, on fire. Yes, it does sound familiar. Right. So there were a number of lawsuits, and the first verdict has come out, and it is $7.1 million. Wow. And of that, $4 million of it is punitive. Wow. And 3.1 is compensatory. So actually the value of the specific injuries. Yeah. Now, when you're caught on, when you are caught on fire, which is what happened, I mean, this woman literally was on fire. Jesus. So, so and refresh my memory is that they're exploding and obviously Pam, you're using it by, you know, the stove when you're cooking, they're exploding and seemingly catching on fire right. into a fireball. They're blowing just... pretty much. Yes. Jesus. And so, and, and, yeah, I mean, of course, they're stored, you know, relatively close, but it's a very specific can, and it's the larger can. So they're at least 10 ounces. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you go to Costco and you I've get one of the big before. ones. huh? I've gotten those before. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, and, and the, the, so this, this lawsuit, the woman, Tammy Reese, she was actually on the job when this uh, wow. injury happened. But so, th- so this is actually kind of a good segue. Yeah. So her workers' comp would have paid for her medical expenses while she was going uh, through this, but she has horrendous, I mean, awful burns, scar tissue, I think her face, her hands. Um, I mean, there were pictures online. She was really messed up. And burns are just some of the, you know, it's like the most painful kind of injury yeah, and just yeah. very disfiguring. Um, so, so that would have been paid through workers' comp. But then the third party, ConAgra, the manufacturer of PAM um, and these other cooking sprays, that's the third party. So there was a separate lawsuit against them. Mm-hmm. And here you go, big damages that you would never see through the workers' comp system. And then the workers' comp would get paid back yeah, out of they get this. reimbursed. They would get reimbursed out of this. That makes sense. Right. So, um, and so the cans, the issue, and the reason that the, that this was a punitive case, I mean, 3.1 actually makes a lot. I mean, it sounds like a lot of money, but I mean, these are, this yeah, is not a sore back. I, I was going to say, and I was more shocked at the uh, punitive damages because, you know, fi- mm. like you said, fi- burnings, those can be some of the most horrendous injuries and, yeah. and disfiguring for sure. Um, but it, for punitive, it has to seem like there was maybe not ill intent, but some malicious, some nefarious, you know, this is clearly a little, uh-huh. there's, there's fault on the company here. Well, and there was. So what happened is they they changed the aerosol container um, in 2011. They, they, they developed this new can in an effort to save money. And the they then they found out that these problems were happening and that they were very dangerous and could explode, but they opted not to recall them. They did change the design in 2019. So these things were manufactured between 2011 and 2019. Which is a long fucking time. Which is a long time. And then even when they realized this was a problem, they said, hey, we're going to design, we'll change the design back to the safer version. They didn't do a recall. So they left all of those cans on the shelves. And, And this is not something like, you know, tomatoes where it comes off the shelf in seven days or something. These are, are the, the, the shelf life is, is several years. So there are probably cans on shelves that people could be buying right now that will 
have the potential to explode and, and catch on fire and cause horrendous injuries. Um, and so, you know, if you're buying these things, take a look at them. The way that you know is if you look at the bottom of the can, there's four U-shaped score marks on them. And it's, it's supposed to allow it to vent, but apparently the venting is exploding instead of venting. Um, so if you are buying any of these, take a, you know, take a look at the bottom of the can. Um, and if it was manufactured between 2011 and 2019, you don't want this thing anywhere near you. Yeah. Um, and, and the U-shaped score marks, will cans that uh, are safe not have those at all? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so this is just the very first case that went to trial at, to a verdict, but there are 56 other cases that wow. have been filed with 61 injured plaintiffs. And again, there may well be more cases getting filed yeah. be because these cans are out there and they could explode at any time. Um, and some people of course are going, are going to be less severely injured, but this woman was really horrendously yeah. injured. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, I mean the, the punitives is like, Hey, they knew that this was a problem. They did it to save money, as you know, they always do the prioritizing profits thing. Yeah. Um, they did it to save money. They were injuring and killing people. And then when they knew it, they still didn't recall the things and yeah. pull them back. They left them out there. Yeah, I think that's the most interesting part is that it's not like there are, it was a brand new product and they didn't have anything to replace it with. It was something where they already had Pam. And they had a model, they were selling it, they were making money, and they wanted to make more money. So they created a new model, realized that it had issues. And instead of just going back to the old one that worked completely fine, had no yeah. issues, they left the new one out there for what was it, like seven, eight years? Well, so they started in uh, 2011 up through 2019. And I'm not sure the exact dates yeah. of when they really started learning that it was a problem. But so it may not have been in 2011, but certainly it was well before 2019 yeah. when they said, okay, we're going back to the old design. We're not going to sell, we're not going to produce new ones, but we're not going to you know, pull the ones back that are out there because we can still sell them and make money. And yeah. it's a big, you know, it's a big hassle to recall and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, and I think what's even scarier about this is, so the numbers it was, what was it, 44 so far? For, for uh, 56 cases. 56. 56 cases that are pending. Yeah. Which, I mean, in the scope of like mass torts and some of these other cases that we talked about is, is a, definitely a smaller number. But uh, what I think is important to know is that these cases and these injuries and these events are also a lot more like dramatic you know having using a weed killer and then having slowly developing a disease over several years and then realizing it over several more years that's it's serious and it's terrible but it's not as dramatic as a fireball of flames at the work office a literal explosion in your hands well and you don't have to argue about causation i mean they're <laughs> yeah. gonna say oh well we're not sure the cancer was caused by this i mean okay the fireball yes that's what burns you yeah um and these so this isn't like this isn't a multi-district litigation again there's not that huge yeah. number of yeah. them but there's actually 56 lawsuits filed and the, but the issue too is that how many other how many times did it explode but luckily people weren't horrendously injured and didn't file a lawsuit yeah or just think wow i guess i just got unlucky with this one-off Right. Or, or, you know, or just it, it burned on your kitchen or it caused an issue here, or, you know, but, but somebody wasn't hurt badly yeah. enough that they actually filed a lawsuit. And then there's other people who get really seriously injured and they're just really anti or they say, well, I'm not very litigious. And, you know, there's just anti lawsuits. So who knows how many there are. Um, but one is too many when the when the company knows. Yeah. 
and could have saved that person. And, and that's, I think, why they got slammed with some punitive damages. Well, that's good that the jury recognized that. Uh, I, I think that's insane, especially when you hear about it with products like Pam, which I think everyone really uses. Like, I, I think everyone's familiar with it. When you walk down cooking spray aisles, that is like the brand that you see. Yeah. Um, so when it when you realize... You know, like the hair relaxers. I don't use hair relaxers, and there's a lot of people who don't use hair relaxers. I feel like everyone uses Pam. Well, and it's, it's touted as being so much healthier than cooking yeah, oil, yeah. you know, which, again, is a whole questionable thing we could get into. But, I mean, that that, that was the trend was that it was going to be less calories, and, you would you know, you just do this little spray. And so I think for, you know, a really long time, that's just the automatic. Yeah. I mean, eggs, of course. Did it say what uh, she did for a living? Was she a chef? I'm assuming that was... Uh... Yes, okay. she was uh, working as a cook at a social club, hmm. and uh, yeah, and so the and the I, I don't she wasn't even using it at the time, but it was in the vicinity. It was overpressurized and exploded, igniting in flames. Wow! So she wasn't even using it; it was just sitting right. on the counter and just yeah. wow. That's even I'm imagining it being in the hand and you're spraying it. No, no, and that's always the issue too, because you know some people would spray it. And once the heat's already turned on, which of course you're not supposed to do. Oh, I didn't know. No, that. it's just sitting in the area. No, you want to spray it before you turn the heat on because it doesn't it burn the oil though. Well, you spray the pan and then yeah. you turn the heat on underneath it. Because the thing is that, so if you have like a flame going and you start spraying it in that area, yeah. you could see how it could. Yeah. It's just, it would be dangerous. So yeah, if you're using it, please don't. Please. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I don't really cook very often. So well, that's true. You just you come up the with the idea and stand back yep. in this, at a safe distance. But I will warn Christina. <laughs> I will I will make sure to warn her and, and let her know to stay excellent, away from the pan. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah, um, that's that's a crazy one. God, the, those cases where those damages, you know, imagining kind of that entire event taking place mm. is, is really horrific. And um, it's good to see at least that there is punitive damages and that the company is kind of getting, you know, a slap on the hand, slap on the wrist at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. And some bad publicity. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all righty. All righty. Another update. Um, so social media um, cases, we've talked about those a few times. Um, and there, so we talked about how there are individual people who are filing lawsuits, there are school districts, and there are also states. Yeah. So attorney generals of states are filing lawsuits. And in the state lawsuit, um, and again, this is in California as, as well, there are 42 states combined into this litigation. And so initially when the lawsuit was filed, a lot of the information was under seal or redacted. So you couldn't, certain things that were sensitive and that they didn't want the public to know. Um, they have unredacted some of the information in these lawsuits and some and some really kind of juicy things have, have come up that are not looking too good um, <clears throat> for, for Mark Zuckerberg. Um, and I don't know if you – well, so one of the issues is there is a, a, this act called the Child Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. And what that says is that you can't collect information from children online and utilize that. Oh, wow. So they've been blatantly ignoring that <laughs> for years now. That's well, they just... pretty much have. I mean, they say that they don't allow anybody on their sites that's, that are under 13. Um, and then, and so he claimed. In fact, he was testifying before a Senate committee about how if they're if any if they find out somebody's thirteen um, or under, they they they're kicking them off. But what these documents are showing is that that's not the case. 
that they've known for a long time, that they have millions of users who are under 13, and they are they they try to not make it obvious that they they know this. They yeah. try to hide it, um, and so what they're saying publicly, and then what they're saying behind closed doors, and their you know in the, in their committees, um, are completely different. Um, and so these the, these um, studies are showing that they've tra- been trapped tracking and documenting under 13 years old. They call them U13s. They even got a name for them. U13, yeah. Um, In the audience for years. Um, And as of 2018, apparently 20% of 12-year-olds were on Instagram using it daily. 20% is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a really high number. And how is there no, you know reinforced not reinforcement necessarily but like you said mark zuckerberg went up and testified about this and said that they weren't allowing 13 year olds and then it comes out that they were how can that just you know go unnoticed and well it's it's you know what what how this whole thing started were that there were whistleblowers or people you know employees who came forward and started talking and telling the secrets of what went on behind closed doors. And so that's how all of these lawsuits started. And now these documents are coming out, these internal documents, and, and we're seeing just how bad how about it? And how about it is? And the fact that they knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, let's see, it's in 2018. They're saying that Mark Zuckerberg received a report um, showing that there were four million people under 13 on Instagram as of 2015. That's Mark Zuckerberg re- personally re- yeah. got that information, and this was about a third of all 10 to 12 year olds in the U.S. I mean, we're not talking like a few people are skating by. No, a that's third insane. of them. I a mean, third of all of them, four million. I mean, that is such a massive. Oh, I wonder if it's massive for Instagram and their user base because I feel like they probably have tens of millions. Yeah. But still, I mean, like you said, a third of, of all kids that age on Instagram, crazy. Well, and they want kids, apparently. I'm stopping with that, apparently. I keep saying that. <laughs> they, you know, according to the, the, the lawsuit and the documents, they really want kids. There was an internal presentation at Meta, Facebook at the time, in 20, called, called 2017 Teens Strategic Focus. So, and again, you know, they're always trying to figure out how to better their product, how to get more users, how to keep them on longer, all of these things. And so they had done this study, um, and it was specifically focusing or targeting kids under 13, noting that kids as early as three or four are using tablets. Um, I mean, that's just so blatantly illegal. Yeah. Well, and and, and for the act that you mentioned at the beginning, and kids, is that just 13? Because I always assumed it it counted for anyone under 18. Well, that act applies to to children under 13. Okay. Yeah. So specifically on uh, on the internet. Well, even more generous than I had thought it was. And they're still. And they're still, yeah. Well, and then, you know, there's a whole issue about verifying somebody someone's age and you know there's a big argument and even peter was arguing with me about that well how can they do that and you know what? i don't know how they can do that but i know that they, they have- can 100 percent. i mean i think about how much information they have on you for marketing and for advertisements and everything i mean they 100 percent can and and have that information available to them maybe they have to go somewhere in the back end and set it up and look for it but if they really right. wanted to get it, they could get it. Yeah, see, that's what I said. I mean, I, I mean, they've—it's it, crazy what they have done, and the people that they have on staff, and these brilliant people developing these mm-hmm. products. 
Yeah, if they want to, they can, exactly. But some of the things that they were saying was, you know, for example, um, there are situations where, uh, gosh, there was 402,000 reports where actual parents or other people had reported this person is under 13, and less than 164,000 of them got disabled. Less than 146,000 out of how many? 402,000. And again, how many people actually make a report? So this chunk of people, even when a parent says, my child child is on, I'm telling you, he or she is under 13, disable the account, and they're not doing it. And then they're saying, well, we didn't get around to it. We have backlogs. We don't have enough staff. And again, that's just crap. I mean, they have staff figuring out how to get all of these people on. It's where they're prioritizing. It's what they're prioritizing, where they're putting their focus. And the fact of the matter is they don't want these kids off. They want to keep them on. I mean, it's big money for them. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's interesting because it reminds me on on Discord because they, they... have to abide by the same rules. There's some people obviously in like the NFT chats and stuff, people joke around and they're like, oh, I'm only 12 or blah, 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 blah. And then someone will report them and the next oh. day they're banned. Oh, wow. They're banned and they have to appeal it because Discord tracks all the messages, right? There's keywords yeah. that, that they can track. And so when someone gets reported, it pops up. And then if they have, you know, those certain words, language, whatever it is, it'll just auto ban you. And so people joking around saying that they're under 13, boom, banned. So wow. uh, it, some of these big businesses are willing to do it, but it makes sense that Instagram and Facebook, I mean, the clutches that they want to have over. Oh, yeah. Uh, get them young and yeah. get them hooked young and you've got lifetime. You know. Well, and it's it's just so insane to me too that like people would argue they can't or don't know the age of, of these, of, of people using their app because a hundred percent, like you said, the resources that they're putting in to set up this marketing, making sure people are always coming back, always refreshing their page. And I'm assuming they have a lot of this market research and the biggest part of market research is age ranges, you know, like this age yeah. range likes this, this age right. range like this. And then, and then compiling, compiling them into these groups. You think, you know, out of the third of all kids in the, in that age group in the country, they didn't think, Oh, oh, wow, these guys, are, they're probably a little, you know, under 13. Well, and aren't they suspicious too when like an 18 or 19-year-old is like looking, looking at Squishmallows or Paw Patrol? <laughs> Paw Patrol, ordering Barney, <laughs> they're ordering Teletubbies. Well, you know. that's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, do you really believe that? I mean, that's some pretty crappy well, marketing. Well, then, then you're asking them to discriminate because I'm sure there's a lot of... Uh, Brawny's out there, you know. So a lot of a lot of big supporters of those those TV series, even older than the collectors. <laughs> they they are well cultured <laughs> collectors. Okay. Yeah, but no, I, you see, I, I I mean, I totally agree with you. I, I just I'm sure they can. But you know, one of the things that that and what these documents are showing that's really kind of on the evil side is where they're saying basically don't tell me um there was one um let's see they were talking this was in 2018 um let's see well, one of the quotes was we want to be careful about sharing findings that come back and point to under 13 year olds being bullied on the platform because we are not supposed to have 13 under 13s on here and definitely not being bullied on there Right. And so and then in 2021, there was a study, they were studying child adult sexual related content behavior interactions. 
And they said, well, we're not going to include young kids 10 to 12 years in the research, even though they're definitely on Instagram, because they're not supposed to be on here at all. So we're not even going to look at anything that's happening with 10 to 12 year olds. How is this not criminal proceedings here? Well, maybe it will be. This this literally just is kind of breaking breaking news that this information was disclosed. Now, they're, of course, denying it. So we'll have to see how the litigation proceeds. I mean, some of this stuff, it sounds like you're reading like exact quotes here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And these are these are in the actual lawsuit. And again, it was redacted under seal. You couldn't see all of these things. Now it's in the news and everybody's looking at this and going, holy shit, this is what's this is what's going on. Yeah. I mean, that is just so blatantly and openly breaking the law and in so in such a variety of different ways. And the fact that Mark Zuckerberg even testified. Uh-huh, and know. they're saying now it's showing that he personally knew this, this information. Yeah, but I have so. a feeling that he's not going to get punished at all for this. Like, I think, yeah. I think that they're going to get fined and they'll get yelled at and some of these lawsuits are going to go through. They'll lose some pocket change. But at the end of the day, you know, he's not going to be dethroned as a CEO. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm confident as well he will not. But, um, I, you know, and this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg, I suspect. Yeah. We're going to start seeing. And, and this is the information they had going into the lawsuit. So these yeah. are, so when, you know, when they get some, you know, additional discovery exchanged, um, if these things don't get resolved. But, you know, and again, we've talked about this before, but the whole, the point of these lawsuits um, by the states are trying to force them to change their policies. I mean, yes, there's some, uh, you know, maybe compensation for, uh, you know, out, you know, yeah. expenses and costs that have been incurred. But I mean, they're really trying to say, look, you're not following the rules. You need to follow the rules. You need to follow the law. And you got to stop hurting these kids. And you can't, you know, put your head in the sand and say, oh, we're not hurting kids because they're not allowed to be on here. Yeah. I mean, there's evidence that they know they're on there. People are specifically asking, take, you know, block my kid, take this, disable this account. And yeah. they're just, well, when we get around to it. Yeah. Yeah. They just are, are ignoring it. Um, I mean, like, I just, <laughs> it, it, it is surprising. And as I don't, as I don't want to be pessimistic, I don't want to be pessimistic, okay, don't be pessimistic. but you know, already there's these laws and they're ignoring those, you know, the state's coming in here and they're trying to say, Hey guys, like really, we need help with this. Please don't do this. If they're just already ignoring the law, you know, what's this really going to do to stop them? Well, but that's, that's what we do as lawyers. Yeah. We slam them in the head with the law. We, we, we pursue people who aren't, aren't following the laws yeah. um, and basically make them pay and make them hurt so that they do. But yeah, I mean, there's lots of laws out there and people try to skirt them as much as, you know, as much as they can. And these big companies, when it's all about money. Yeah. Yeah, terrible, terrible. Um, I, I think so. What is the feelings of it in kind of like the lawyer circles and communities with the social media case that we've been discussing these last few weeks? This is is uh, seems like almost breaking news when it's mm -hmm. associated with that. You know, is everyone kind of feeling more confident about it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that, that they've been confident about it all along. But it's interesting how it's kind of snowballing. I mean, you yeah. have the individual people, you have the school districts, you have the states. I mean. I mean, there are you, you see just how pervasive this is and, and how far, you know, far reaching the effects are and how it's not just affecting an individual person. It's 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 affecting, you know, the whole school systems. Society. I mean, they're not able to. Yeah, it's really affecting society. And so I think it's just kind of snowballing. And, and again, it's almost like with the MDL thing where it's really hard for one attorney, um, one plaintiff to pursue some huge corporation. And I mean, and, and you know, Meta 
and you know, and That's it, as big all as of these it gets. things. I mean, they're as big as it gets. And so it's not even just the private attorneys; it's also the school districts. It's also the attorney generals. No. And when you do, you know, when you bring those in, then there is the potential for criminal as well. Again, I I, I agree with you. I don't see that really. Mm-hmm. Flying. Well, I mean, if they're flying, but I don't see it ended up ending up happening. I see fines, yeah. um, uh, you know, in, in compensation, but I don't see anybody going to jail over this. So no, no chance, no chance. Yeah, and 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 I think that's like what's the most frustrating part in my mind is that this seems like the most clear cut case where he, there should be at least some type of punishment outside of just money because this is the, the one of the mm-hmm. biggest companies in in the world. Um, and this, it also reminds me is that I think it was last week. I don't know if you saw this news, but Binance, which is like the biggest yeah. exchange when it comes to crypto. Yeah. Um, and, you know, after FTX fell, especially Binance is kind of like top dog. Um, they essentially forcefully like made the CEO step down. His name's CZ because he had a, a warrant out for his arrest, but he was, you know, in a non-extradite country. Um, and essentially with all the regulation going on with Bitcoin and with Ethereum, the idea was that, you know, once you take out this head honcho, he's going to take a bullet for, for like essentially the whole community. And then now that he's down non-CEO anymore, they can kind of push regulation forward. I would love to see something like that with this situation. You know, yeah. we know it's going on, but at least, you know, take Mark Zuckerberg down with, with you, you know. To- well, I mean, it's possible. Again, we don't know where this is going to go. I mean, I don't think he's going to go to jail, but maybe he does have to step down as CEO at some point. Maybe. But and then, and then you look to it, like all of the opioid situations and how they, you know, those, you know, the CEOs there didn't go to prison. Uh-huh. And I mean, that's so, uh, it's just, it's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and <sighs> the, the, what, you know, we do kind of spreading the, the education, making sure that the, the victims are compensated for their damages and that these companies are feeling it where it really matters in their, in their coin booklet, in their, in their, in their <laughs> wallet. Um, I think that's all important. It's just, I think it, it gets me a little heated and frustrated at times because I know at the end of the day, the people at the top, the people that are really responsible. Mm-hmm. And really profiting the most. Really profiting the most. They're not They're not really caring. You know, Mark Zuckerberg's not going to feel it in his pockets necessarily. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, that's why we do what we do. And- yeah. That's why we do what we do. <laughs> Uh, on, that note. on that note, yeah, we are kind of coming to a close here on a, the last, you know, 10-ish minutes of the show. I want to make sure we go over everything that you wanted to cover. Is there any kind of uh, ending topics that you want to touch yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, actually. So, and this is, again, this is kind of breaking news, uh-huh. and it's and it's with regard to the CPAP machines um, for sleep apnea. And this actually just came out, but the Dream Station 2 CPAP machine mm-hmm. has been recalled by, uh, or the FDA has released a safety communication um, about the this product I should say it's recalled um, because they are strange it must be our theme catching on fire Wow right and so a lot of people have these dream station too because they were switched out some of them were switched out for uh, the original ones with the foam I mean mm-hmm. the, the dream station twos can also have that and they like the name. <laughs> that's why I would get it. Dream Station, that sounds like something I want it to really, be sleeping with. Yeah, it does. And it kind of sounds like a, maybe a video game or a PlayStation, Dream yeah. Station. Yeah, like I don't a location know. in a game. 
Yeah, and so, they, but they don't they don't know exactly why it's happening yet. It's under investigation, but within the last, I think, so between August and um, August first and of 2023 and November 15th of 2023, they received more than 270 reports of problems with this device, with it overheating, catching on fire. Um, in the prior three years, they had less than 30 reports. Wow! So it is a big. So something's, something's going on. They're not sure exactly why it's happening, but it's something that really, that people who are using this machine, and we know that many, many people are, obviously we've talked about with the, the problem with it. Well, the, it seems like more people are, because you said that a lot of the users had are getting it, um, like that's the one that they're getting in return when they're exchanging the... Well, it's a newer one, and some people yeah. maybe already have had them, but then some people are, you know, who had, yeah. had to turn in their older... DreamStation yeah. ones, um, but but what they're saying is at this point, if you're not having issues with the thing and you need to use it to continue to use it, um, they will be updating. But in the meantime, um, if you you know some some things which seem kind of basic to me, but you know if you smell burning smoke or any unusual odors. Uh, Unplug it and don't use it. Well, most of the times people are using this, they're sleeping, though. Right. Right. Well, and they may be as they turn it on before they go to sleep and that sort of thing. But they're saying, you know, make sure that you don't, if there's any odors with it, if you spill water onto it, if you hear any strange sounds, um, unplug it and, and don't use it. Um, and of course, they, they will update as they kind of figure out what the issue is. They, they, they don't know. All they know is that a lot of complaints are coming in yeah. that these things are overheating and potentially catching on fire, um, which is just, you know, I mean, Jesus, I mean, these poor people who have sleep apnea, you know, it's like one it, after another. man. Yeah. I mean, they, they get rid of the first one, they get the second one yeah. and now it's catching on fire. So if you, if you don't, you know, die in flame sleeping, then you'll die and you'll from get lung cancer, cancer eventually five I mean, years down the road. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit a little bit crazy. So um, again, Philips is having a having a rough go of it. Yeah. So is it the same company that uh, you know this entire CPAP yeah, situation? Yeah, it's all Philips. All Philips. Yeah. I mean, basically, they have you know they have the market. I mean, yeah. it's I don't even know what the market share is, but it's almost all of it. I mean, how and and, and now it's two different products causing two different issues. Well, I guess the the first issue with the black foam getting into lungs, that was kind of just all of their products. That was just almost yeah, everything. Yeah, everything that had that sound. But uh, now it's foam. also a completely separate issue that seems a little bit more narrowly focused on a specific model, but still another big problem like this. Yeah. Well, and kind of like you said before, you got the Monsanto, the thing that takes a long time to, to happen, like the cancer, <laughs> or you can just go up in flames. Or I you mean, you've got, you got both of them here now. So, yeah. but, but if you're using this Dream Station 2, you know, just be very cognizant, pay very close attention. If you do, if it's something smells a little weird, like something's burning or heating up, I mean, you know, again, maybe sometimes you're like, oh, what is that? It's probably your CPAP machine and, and take this very seriously because, um, you know, it is causing injuries and, um, you know. I mean, it's something important to keep an eye out on. I, I think no one, I wouldn't, if I was using a CPAP machine, I would be, you know, maybe worried it turns off in the middle of the night or something's not working correctly. A fly gets in there and then I'm inhaling <laughs> fly. You know, those are, those would be some of my concerns. But it blowing up in flames while I'm sleeping, not not at the top of the list there. No, and it really shouldn't be happening. And so, so unfortunately, but I, I just didn't want to finish up without um, at least talking about that briefly because it literally just came out. Um, mm-hmm. The 28th, what are we today? 
Is this the two? This is the twenty. The twenty eighth. All right. Well, it was breaking news today uh, that the FDA has issued the safety communication, and we'll 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 update. um, And of course, you can go on uh, the FDA website to check out the details. If you have this machine, you know they have a list of things to look out for. But basically, if it smells strange, if it looks strange, if it sounds strange, if there's flames, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you got to call someone. Yeah. Well, unplug the thing. Yeah, that don't get Pam anywhere near. I know, Jesus. See, they're going to bed. They got a can of Pam. They got their their CPAP <laughs> machine right next to each other. Uh, and all of a sudden, they wake up, flames everywhere, house on fire. Oh. Um, God, terrible stuff. Terrible Don't stuff. Don't use Pam to cook your fingers. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is really just a, a whole mess of of uh, problems. It's been today. a rough week, hasn't it's it? It's been a rough it's been week. Been a crazy, been a crazy week. week in the news and in the in the biz in yeah. the product liability. Well, I'm glad that we were able to go on to uh, some in the news cases. It's been a while since I think we've like touched on them or really gone into more in depth like we have today. There are always some of the most interesting ones, I think, in, in uh, my opinion, like the finger one. I mean, if there was a mass tour MDL case with, with broken off fingers, that would be interesting as well, but there doesn't <laughs> seem to be any. <laughs> I don't foresee that yeah. happening. <laughs> Well, I do want to thank everyone for tuning in and hanging out with us today. Um, We are back every Wednesday, another week, another show. We'll be back next Wednesday with some more juicy updates, some more juicy cases in the news. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to throw them in the comments, whether it's Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, wherever you're at. Throw in the comments. We'll see it. Um, and if it's something you don't want to put out there, don't want to put it out in the, in the public view, completely understand. You can email us at podcast at showeredlaw.com. Uh, any questions, stories, concerns, whatever it is, throw it in there and uh, we're happy to go over it on the show. But with that being said, I hope everyone has a fantastic week and we'll see you next time. Prioritizing profits. Prioritizing profits. Prioritizing profits. Dangerous drug and product cases.